Do you know how many people will tell you they don't like oysters, but have never had one? A lot of people. I really do think exploring and curiosity is a topic that we need to talk more about. Maybe you've been looking for a sign because you're a guidance counselor, but you've always wanted to do acting and theater. And like, maybe you should just go across the street and go to the local theater or whatever it is. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like people are incredibly limited. And I really do think that curiosity is the underrated human trait right now. Attention is the number one asset. Vayner Nation, uh, it is very, actually it's not that rare, but you know, it's not every day we get to have a, a legend in the building with us on the podcast, and they'll be coming after this podcast, oh, William. Okay, good. Yeah, I saw you looking around. looking around. They're coming at an hour after, okay. but this is the precursor. <laughs> uh, William H. Macy, obviously I know a lot of you are incredibly familiar with his work and just genuinely incredibly respected for his craft. What's fun about this is he walks into the office for this podcast with, with his entrepreneurial hat on, and we're gonna dig in here, and I think, why I was excited to do this is not only to, to get a brief moment with somebody that I respect a lot and get to say thank you for the work. B, I know that the audience is gonna love this because I know how loved he is. But C, I think it's important to reinforce something I'm passionate about which is just having a multi-dimensional life, especially in today's world. So yeah. many of us, you and I are part of a generation where like, you know, pre, you know, we grew up without the internet. Uh, and so the internet has created a world where just people's ability to do multiple things, a renaissance man, mm. um, it is so real and I think it's kind of powerful. We talk, I talk a lot about it with maybe people on podcasts or on my content that maybe aren't as well known, but I think it's actually incredibly powerful to know that people that have even gotten to the highest levels of their craft in a public environment also have other aspects, other interests, and we're, luckily we're all living longer. Yep. I think about that a lot. You know, like the you know the kids that are 15, 17 now, they're gonna live to 110, 20. Like it's crazy what's going on with modern medicine and how we're getting educated with food supply and things of that nature. And it's true. so I just think this will be a fun uh, episode. And William, thank you for being on. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, you're right. This is a brand new thing for me. Uh, my wife says that it's important we frighten ourselves all the time. Do something you're not used to. So I've jumped off the deep end here. <laughs> and uh, I joined Woody Creek Distillers because Mark Kleckner and uh, they live next door to me. Oh, uh, no kidding. Pat and Mary and Mark it. and me, but right next door to each other. Love that. Where? In Woody Creek. I live in Got Woody it. Creek. And so how long had you been there? Or when did you guys meet into who's been there, how long, how? Break that down for me. Well, so uh, we, we really started the, distillery in earnest in 2010 as we were researching my partner and I were really into drinking Chopin vodka potato vodka mm -hmm. and we were going to make an American Chopin plus love it in that little valley you know, you know just five miles from Aspen we used to crank out more potatoes than the entire anybody state. I'm aware back turn of the century turn of the last century by the way I apologize for interrupting you that analogy there is a big driver of me I think history has a lot of innovation in it and when you hear that, hey, did you know that this little valley pumped out more potatoes than, so a lot of how I innovate is based on history. So for a lot of you that have passions and things, you know, especially now with AI, mm -hmm. which is like 10 times more powerful than search, asking questions to give permission. Notice how that was said. This valley pumped out more potatoes than Idaho. Now that's giving permission to like why it could make 
great potato vodka. And I think there's a billion things like that out there. Mm -hmm. So continue to stay curious and look for those historical permission points, but keep going. Yeah, so uh, from 2010 to 2012, before we got our licenses and started making booze, we were growing different varietals of potatoes, looking for land. And uh, Mr. Macy here, living next door to me, happened to have a couple nice pastures that were nice and flat and well irrigated. and. Uh, Knew each other a little bit as neighbors, but then uh, so we, he knocked. Well, knocked he on knocked on your door and said, "I want to. Yeah. I want your land. You want to be the spokesperson?" And I said, "Sure." Yeah. Flat out, <laughs> amazing. You be part of this. But, uh, and so this started as early as 2012 or so. Yeah, it was a little bit later. We started producing alcohol in 2012. Found out very quickly when you're making a potato vodka, you want to use a fresh potato right out of the ground. So we were growing uh, ourselves, uh, mashing five, ten tons a day, rinse, repeat, and then. Uh, once we, from maybe September through November, we make our vodka, then we're done. And we're like, okay, now what do we do? Let's make whiskey. So the other nine months, we, we started cranking whiskey. Uh, the vodka, 2015, double gold, San Francisco Spirits Comp, best overall spirit. Following year, the, the rye got the double gold. And uh, so it, pretty much, I think we know what we're doing. And Bill's, Bill's been there from the get-go. This is not a celebrity brand in any way. He's a Partner. Bill, is that because he doesn't think you're a celebrity, or I'm not sure. Yeah, I was, I was trying to follow the yeah. the vibe there. I do have to sweep things. <laughs> like that. Well, actually, we'll get back. Uh, let's go, we'll bounce back to the alcohol in a minute. And obviously, so many of you know, I I grew up in this industry, and so um, it's been really cool to see brown goods make a comeback. I got involved in my dad's liquor store when I was 14, stocking shelves, and I caught the tail end of the brown goods era. Just gonna break this down for everyone who's listening. I know how cool and trendy, you know, whiskeys and and all the, and rise are now. They were the dominant force in the Mad Men era, the 50s, 60s, 70s. Yep. Everybody drank it, and then I, my, ironically, my entire uh, spirits and wine and beer career in retail was the one window when they were super down, right? When I was 14, people would come in and buy. Door Scotch. We would sell hundreds yes. of cases yes. of Door Scotch and Frangelica and Bailey. It was liqueur, liqueur, liqueur. And then, a, I took my dad's business to a wine direction. But b, it became more about vodka, absolute vodka. And then Grey Goose blew the lid off the door, and then all the others. And then Tito's had its run. But and then I kind of started this marketing company in in '09, but full time 2011. And by like 2013, 14, 15, the pappies and all this movement started happening. So it's really interesting to see the brown goods game. So we'll go back to that in a minute. But Bill, real quick, just to, while we've got you on the podcast, like, what is, when people ask you about your career in acting, if, if we're accepting that you are a celebrity, <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast who, and you know this, with the new world of social media, people are able to get exposure out of at home with one video, mm -hmm. which is obviously very different than the industry you grew up in, where people had to do a lot of things often before they even got to LA, mm -hmm. often before they even got the serendipity of the discovery. Thinking about the incredible craft that Woody Creek brings to its category, what what is the... When you think about the craft of acting or creating or performing, what's your observation of the new world that we now live in where everyone has a platform, everyone has the opportunity, and, and just to give you into what I do for a living, 
what's changed with social media in the last 15 years is even more interesting. The mm -hmm. last two, three years, what's happened is the way social worked from 2010 to 2020 was, or 2005 to 2020 was you had to make content and people had to follow you, almost like a newsletter for like an email. They would follow you and then a percentage of them would see every time you would post, right. like an email. Right. Not everybody would open it. Today's social media we now live in, the algorithms. It explodes. Correct. You know, I grinded for 50, I did a wine show, mm -hmm. four bottles, just like we're set up right now. Four bottles of wine in front of a camera for 15 to 20 minutes a day from 2006 to 2011, five days a week for five straight years to get a somewhat base that I then built on. Sure. Today, literally today as we sit here, somebody will make their first ever video on TikTok and it will get three million views and they will be off to the races. Now that's a needle in the haystack, but it happens, those needles are happening every day. I'm, I'm aware What do you think about what, all this stuff? Well, I'm aware that social media is important and it's how we're going to sell more of the Woody Creek products, but uh, <laughs> yes, it's interesting. That is that true. The, uh, you ask about the craft of acting. Yes. Uh, really what I do for a moment yes. is seconds. You know, I yes. have one moment, and when yes. I finish that, you do the next moment. And when you yes. finish enough moments, you've done Hamlet. Yes. But it's the micro. And what I love about Woody Creek Distillers is that, yeah, we were into, we're into social media, but um, what it really comes down to is a process of distilling these things uh, as best as can be done. And one of the things I love about it is the process hasn't changed and uh, since it was, years. it's the same old I'm thing. I'm aware. It's the same old thing. It's just writ large with science. You should see our distillery. It's stunning. Oh, it's a, it's an, it, it's but it's incredible. the same thing. You go back to the basic, the uh, the fundamentals. fundamentals. Yes, it's the fundamentals. Are you sad that with science? I'm very sad about what I'm about to say, and I'm really not sad. It's a silly ideology, but I think it's with the advancements in science, in both spirits and wine. It's getting harder to fuck it up. Yeah. I liked that humans used to make tons of mistakes. I mean, there used to be very bad wine. Even when I was a kid getting in the game, yeah. you, you had bad years because we didn't know the weather well enough and you just might wake up and it hails and you're crushed. Whereas now, like the, even, even predicting the weather is so advanced by comparison of even 30 years ago, yeah. even though the weathermen are I think it's still the still, best gig. You're always wrong and everyone's like, yay. It's still possible to make some monumental it mistakes. It is, but it is, right? It's been mitigated dramatically. Yeah. You're, 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 when you said you should see our distillery, a lot in that has changed sure. in the science. Go ahead, there, there's, there's less art, it's a little more manufacturing, mm -hmm. automation. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about your journey with beverages, just for a little fun. Um, as a kid, milk or water, soda? As a, we're going way back. Not as a child, soda, not soda. Drink no milk. No, I, I'm not a sugar guy. Okay, even um, as a kid. Even as a kid. Where'd well, you, where'd I, you grow I can, up? I grew up in Cumberland, Maryland. Okay. Uh, Maryland, where rye whiskey was king, yep, uh, yep. the Monongahela River, yep. and uh, my parents drank rye, and um, I went through a period of loving Scotch whiskeys, all of them. Um, mm -hmm. The thicker, the better, mm -hmm. and uh, 
And uh, in your when early I started 20, with in your the, 20s? In my 20s and 30s, yeah. And I that, still like scotch. Uh, of course. Who does? You're allowed to like yeah. other things besides what you said. But when I joined the distillery, <laughs> I, I rediscovered rye whiskey. Yep. Because I'm a southern boy. I was yeah, born in Georgia. And uh, uh, I was bourbon. But mm-hmm. rye whiskey is my passion now. Mm-hmm. And that's what my signature whiskey is. It's a, it was a blind tasting, a barrel tasting. So I was surprised when I chose something that's 80% rye and 20% malt. And that's what this is here? That's it. And so you, do you do that every year? You'll pick the barrel you most like? This was the first year. I hope I do some more. Um, it was a magnificent experience because uh, Woody Creek Distillers is very small. There, I bet you there were seven or eight people that decide what goes out it's not focus groups and stuff like that it's a family it's craft craft. family business yeah everything is designed to make the best spirits possible um and we you know you got to be savvy about social media and and advertising your target audience but i think it's a bad thing when that starts to drive the process i think the process should be um, it's that old adage, right? If I listened to my consumer, I'd make a faster horse. There you go. Yeah, I understand. Talk to me about your palate uh, on non-alcoholic stuff currently. What beverages do you drink that are not Woody Creek? Uh, tea? That aren't alcohol? Yeah, tea? Uh, I'll have a tea every once in a while. Coffee? But I do love to put a little bourbon or <laughs> rye and call it a hot tonic. I get it. But I that's get a, it. That's a cup of tea. Yep. Um, Water? Yeah, I drink a lot of water. I'm pretty healthy. I love my coffee. I'm yep. a snob about the brews that I use. We've got this Breville machine. It takes a long time oh, I to know make it. it. I have it as well. But Lord, I get excited about my cup of coffee the night so before. You pick, you pick you pick your beans like yeah. your yep. yep. Uh-huh. So no. you've got a little bit of that wine DNA in your coffee. Yeah, I guess I do. I don't yeah. understand that, but yes. What, what I mean by that is, co- you know, I've always found coffee most similar to wine, where like you're really getting down to the patches of land, the coffee beans from yeah. Ethiopia, you know, yeah. in wine world, like you can literally cross the street in Burgundy. Yeah, you can literally cross the street, and one wine's forty bucks, and the other one's eight thousand. Yeah, you know, the terroir changes so quickly, just in such a short. And this goes back to potatoes, a hundred percent, like. What people don't understand, like vodka is a tricky game. People talk about it doesn't taste different. It tastes different. It's scary to me that the first four years of tasting wine from 21 to 25, I'm talking I was tasting 25, 50 wines a day, building my palate because this was my passion. Mm. I remember calling my mom about a year in when I was 22. And remember, I've been reading since I was 14, so I knew everything. Mm -hmm. I could tell you everything. But I remember about a year in, I called my mom and I'm like, Mom, this isn't going to work out. I was really distraught. I was like, it just all tastes like wine. I, yeah. You know, I'm reading these reviews, chocolate and gooseberry and I raspberry. Know. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, there's, Mom, it just tastes like red wine. And then I remember calling her six months later, actually, the moment happened. I remember I was in a restaurant in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, doing a tasting of a portfolio. Yeah. And I tasted an Amarone. And when I tasted it, it tasted like a Snickers bar, not like red wine. And I ran out, I just got in a cell phone. <laughs> I ran out of the place, called my mom. I said, mom, we're good. All right. I just tasted chocolate in an Italian red wine. All right. And, and from that day forward to where I am today, and I find myself in a similar journey with other beverages of all sorts, it's very easy for me to taste subtleties. Um, and I always tell people when they are like, I don't get it. I'm like, think of the thing you drink the most. 
do you think you can taste the difference? And for a lot of people, it's water. The amount of people that like are deeply passionate about their that waters. Pellegrino tastes different than you know this and and that's what these that's where it gets fun when yeah. you can you know for a lot of people who've never had a rye. Well, truthfully, if you I give don't, them four, they're like this tastes the same. I don't have for the someone palate. like you, you could taste them all differently. I, I don't have the palate for it. When we did a blind tasting, yes. I wrote nice sense of humor. I didn't know what else to write, you know? <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't get it. And sometimes it feels silly to me. But um, it turns out I know what I like. I well, just don't have the words well, for it yet. You know what's funny? You, you, the sentence you just delivered, for everyone who's listening, if you go on your journey with rye or bourbons or whiskeys or scotch or anything, wine, tea, coffee, the biggest issue I had in the wine world when I was in it was people are intimidated by it. I've seen people who like are titans of industry yeah. get to a fancy restaurant and pass the wine list qu as quick as they can because they don't want to make the wrong yeah. choice. And I always found that fascinating because in food, nobody's embarrassed that they're ordering the lobster and not the steak or this kind of pasta. But for some reason, in the upper echelons of alcoholic beverages, mm -hmm. there's this pretentiousness of like, well, you don't get it. You don't, you don't understand this guy. You're ordering a Jack Daniels. That's not good stuff compared to the, I get it. I find it very like oh, yeah. wrong. I think what you just said is the most right journey. Now the key that everybody <clears throat> screws up in my opinion is if they like something, whiskey, wine, they find one they like and then they drink it Every, Exclusively, correct. Yeah. That kills me. Yeah. The the game is cool. You found a thing you liked. Go explore for a little bit of a journey. Find your core go tos, but always mix it up a little bit because it actually makes you appreciate your go your core go to as well. But you're right. It gets so precious sometimes. I mean, sometimes, you know, they bring the wine. If it's a red wine, I'll taste it. If it's a white wine and it's not expensive, I say just pour it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, just pour it. It's yeah. okay. You yeah. can calm down. Well, it's funny, I'm sure for you, living in the Hollywood world and the high-end spirits world, there's, I'm sure, settings you've been in where you're not sure which one's more douchey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, no, seriously, exactly. I've been to a ton of, pre, you know, like, this is a category I love. Yeah. But, like, I'm very passionate about the craft of, re especially the products that you, you two represent. Mm -hmm. Those small batch, family only, you're going to get some real stuff. Yeah. Same with wine, because I'm very passionate about it. But man, 98% of the events I go to in both sectors, everyone's just trying to outdo each other. As I, if. I as if the, their uh, palate's more right than yours. To your point, you, I'm, this is why I'm hanging on this. Everyone, whatever it is, as long as you like it, that's the win. Yeah, listen but to your voice. But explore things. That's yeah. the thing I worry about. When people are like, well, I like it. No, no, you gotta explore because then you actually know if you like it. I went to the, uh, we did this magnificent motorcycle trip and we were in Berlin for the big liquor show there. It yeah, was yeah, I know. Huge. Yeah, I know it. But they were selling things like garbage, garbage <laughs> spirits. It was made from garbage. And they, <laughs> yeah. there was other stuff that were in oil cans. Everybody like doing backflips to try to rise above the din and sell something. But 100%. it just, at a point, it gets silly. <laughs> of course it gets silly. That's the, humans are incredibly capable yeah. of sillying up yeah. things. Yeah. You know, the other thing for everyone who's listening, I'm gonna use my oysters uh, uh, thesis, which is the I am- The oyster thesis, here it comes. I can't you ready? wait. Yep, you're gonna like this because I think this may get people to go out and discover your product. 
uh, as we talk about a bourbon, a rye, bourbon whiskey, a rye whiskey, and some bot. Uh, and there's a gin here, by the way. I want to get into that in a minute because mm. I've been waiting for 20 years for it to have its moment. Um, and I think it's really underrated and really flexible. Like, I, I'm just curious if we're ever gonna. Ha- I don't know if it's a subconscious bias against the Brits. I'm just waiting for America to get serious about gin. Uh, but um, the oysters. Oysters. Bill. Yeah. Do you know how many people will tell you they don't like oysters, but I've never had one? A lot of people. Yes, sir. And who can blame them? They look scary. Yes. I'm empathetic to the hypothesis that leads one there. Mm -hmm. I also really enjoyed the last 10 years of my life getting people to try their first one Mm -hmm. and literally seeing one out of every two loving it and one out of every two punching me directly in the face because it was the worst thing that ever happened to them. This is where I'm going a little bit in the context here. If you're listening right now, I, I really do think exploring and curiosity is a topic that we need to talk more about. And I think it comes in all shapes and sizes. When I think about who's listening to this podcast, maybe you've been looking for a sign because you're a guidance counselor, but you've always wanted to do acting and theater. And like, maybe you should just go across the street and go to the local air, the local theater or whatever it is. Absolutely. Say, right? Yeah. Like maybe this was the moment because you love this guy and you're like, this is the sign. Why is Gary having willing to make the podcast? I'm going to go. Number two, if you only drink tequila, that's all you drink. It's the only thing you like. And I know the, it doesn't give me a hang. I hear it every day. But as someone who 25 years ago was sad that nobody in America drank good tequila, I'm now sad that people only drink only tequila. Drink it. So if you're listening right now, and and it's awesome, and it's great that you love tequila, but to go on a journey, especially for producers like Woody Creek, that that are doing the handcrafted thing, go out and try. Like, cool, Like if if it's too hot, too much alcohol, not the flavor, Mm -hmm. good news. Take a sip and move on. Yeah. But it's it's the oyster's thesis. It's a big world. It is a big world. I was in in Paris with my daughter. She was 10 years old, and she ordered the snails. And my wife and I said, okay, all right. So she got the snail. She took a bite. I said, what do you think? She said, it's good if you like soil. It's true. She finished them. Uh, Fun fact, I ate like 40 pieces of escargot Saturday night. Um, 40? Yeah. I'm obsessed with escargot. There's a joke there somewhere. Yeah, there's definitely a joke there somewhere. Um, Yeah, no, escargot, like food is fascinating. Like people are incredibly limited and I really do think that curiosity is the underrated human trait right now. Mm-hmm. People have become incredibly siloed and um, I think there's some coolness to that, being into something, but expanding matters. You talk about gin. I'm a huge fan of gin and we have a um, Mary's gin, it's called. It's a blue gin with a butterfly pea flower in it. Oh my Lord. It's so good. It's so good. When, when, how do you like to drink your gin? Straight gin and tonic. Or, I'm a yeah. gin and tonic yeah. guy. Uh, but also just uh, on the rocks with a little squeeze of lemon. How do you drink yours? Yeah, I, most of my spirits, uh, I like mixing them with ice cubes. Yeah. That's pretty much uh, the big The big circle ice cube? Yeah. yeah I yeah. like that too. Like, there's something about a big cube. Yeah. Right? I feel like it's an American thing. We like everything like, right? Like super size, like these, no, but the big ice cube does like add to the experience. Oh, it totally does. I mean, if you think about it, it's one of the major components of, course, of a drink. It's water, of course. So the ice has inside, to be right. It can be too wet. You know, it's funny, a couple of years ago, probably towards the tail end of me being in a, being in a liquor store day to day, is 
when I started to see premium tonic. You know, my whole career at my dad's store was Canada Dry Tonic, 99 cents plastic, whatever. And then you started seeing the high-end tonic and you know, in business meetings around the world, um, I, I don't do gin often. I, I predominantly do wine, but when I go spirits, I, I, I mm-hmm. eat my own dog food. So what I was just saying is I'll go exploring. And, that, and it mattered. Like I remember 15, 20 years ago was when I found Japanese whiskey. Mm-hmm. And like now in the last five years, it's gotten super uber collectible and people are passionate. But it was very clear to me the craft and the quality of those products 20, 25 years ago. Um, I, but the gin and tonic thing, the premium tonic thing really actually matters. I remember two or three years ago, I was somewhere in some cool speakeasy day. It was a real setup. And I actually asked them to do the same drink for me with two different tonics. Oh, the generic one and their $50 one. And you know, I'm always scared that I'm being affected by the knowledge of it. This is why I love tasting everything blind. Mm-hmm. You like really want to know the score? Do a Double blind tasting, not single blind, where you kind of know what the five wines are or bourbons and they're in bags, double blind. You have no idea what the hell is being poured. Um, But the tonic thing fascinates me because it makes sense, right? Like if the quality's higher, it's the core component. I get cranky when people improve things that don't need to be improved. That's fair. The waters, (laughs) you know, when they offer you 17 different waters, I I like to go to a restaurant and say, I have a water allergy, what are you serving? (laughs) We were saying, uh, you know. However, uh, on the water side of things, you know, when you're buying a bottle of vodka, you know, almost fifty percent of what you're buying is just the water they used to cut. Hundred percent. Three hundred ninety proof down. Hundred percent. So it, it matters, and we're fortunate to be in the Roaring Fork Valley, there where we get Rocky Mountain spring water. Fabulous water, best excess, water in the world. And I think that's a, a key component to, to with the whiskey and. Bill, how do people find this? I assume given it's smaller craft, you're probably, and knowing how liquor laws work in America, I assume you're not in all 50 states. Well, now we've, we've tried to grow uh, smartly over time, not yep. too fast. We're in 24 states now. Yep. I think we're in all, most of the states that matter, you know, now the controls. For the 26 states that are listening that don't matter, good news, we're not gonna break down the states. You can get it So online. you won't know if you live in a state that matters or doesn't matter, keep going, brother. I'm playing, I'm no, playing. Is it, is it heavy on-premise, like, is it, given the craftness of it, is on-premise, aka restaurants and bars and speakeasies more than liquor stores or in all those states that you're in, it's also readily or somewhat available in liquor yeah, stores? You know, sure. When you're building a brand, of course, you have to start on-premise. Yeah, of course. Set. Yep. The pandemic was a blow because yeah, tough timing. On premise was gone. Gone. And uh, you had to. You had to let what it about your direct to consumer business? Obviously, liquor laws continue to evolve, and there's yes. mo- you know, 20 years ago, it was impossible for something like this to ship. Now it's a little bit, you know, yeah. there's more conducive. How, how's that going? By state, it's going good. And good. There's more and more providers coming all the time. What are your biggest? Now we're going to put on our business hats because we all nerd out on this podcast about that. What are your biggest states? Uh, Cali. Yeah. Well. We're based in Colorado. Yep. Colorado so Colorado's number one. Probably you know seventy percent of our business makes but sense. It's, it's going down. California's big. Uh, for us, Texas, Illinois, uh, Illinois, huge. You know, thank what's you. what's going on in this impossibly competitive market? Uh, so we're. Uh, this is tough. This is yeah. tough. You know, I mean, I I I, I set it up for you to have some yeah. vulnerability, friends. New York City, boy. Yeah. And the challenge of the, the liquor business for some, for a supplier like us is, 
do you go with the 800 pound gorilla? And That's right. So let me, let me give everybody some context on this. Just like every other industry, there's incredible consolidation in the last 50 years in the wholesale business. The people mm-hmm. they sell it to and those people sold it to people like me and my dad. Um, so now what you have in most states is you have one or two major players which is great because they have salespeople and infrastructure. The problem is for a brand like this is in a world where those people are running a business and they've got 50 cases or 100 cases they sell to them and they want it in the best spots, for that big company, they're selling 100,000 cases of Jack Daniels or this and that. You get lost in the shuffle or then you can choose to go with a little guy who's gonna really give a shit but it's hard for that person to break through to a lot of these accounts because they're competing and so it becomes a really interesting really interesting game to play mm. of finding the right partners who care enough about you to care, but also have enough of juice on the selling side to get into places. Luckily, all we gotta do is get them to taste it. Well, that's right. That's why this kind of, hence why 70% mm-hmm. obviously will go down over time in Colorado. You have all that infrastructure for a lot more sampling, tasting, flavoring. That's exactly right. Trial yeah. is everything in this business. It does sell itself. It, it's this finest it, consuma- spirits. consumables, yeah, beverages, snacks, candy, consumables. Everything is about retention. Yeah. So you could be the best marker. You know, I think we're very good at what we do, but when we meet with companies, I tell them sometimes when I think they have a flawed product, mm-hmm. and you know, from a subjective point of view, I'm I've been wrong. I'm a human being, but if I'm like, mm, this is not there yet, I just remind them. Great marketing just speeds up everyone realizing you have shitty shit. Yes, well put. You know, and so to your point, I very much understand me. Bill, I'm proud that it all comes from Colorado too. Everything in the bottle came from Colorado. It came from a small distillery. I don't know why that means something to me, but well, you think know, ter- the I, blends. I, I, no, I, I, by the way, I think local and terroir and yeah. craft. I think I think that is very romantic to a lot of people. It is to me. Um. Final moments. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you two hoped we'd touch on before we get out of here? I would hope you touch the William H. Macy bottle. Yeah, let me see it. The, yeah, this stuff. Yeah, this stuff gets it's a me great really. It's a case, great, isn't it? Yeah, I see it. Oh, look at you in there. Look at me. Look at you in the river. In the Woody Creek. In the Woody Creek. How uh, how serious did you take picking that outfit? Because it, it looks a great. Tasting eight barrels and uh, with really heavy hitters in the business, these guys knew what. Oh they no, were no, I'm doing. not talking about the product. I'm talking about your outfit in this picture. Oh, I was freezing my gonads off. Yeah. it was really cold. That water comes out of the mountains, and I don't know why it's not. Ice and so cubes. Th- this is you picking one specific barrel. One That's what barrel. this blend is. One and so barrel. one barrel produces how much? Uh, about forty cases. Uh, six, six packs. So there's only 240 bottles of this. So, a little bit more. No. So. Uh, our, our stills and uh, fermenters are capable of about three barrels per mash. Got it. So this was one mashing, so there were three brother barrels. Uh, they all sampled the same, but when we blinded it, I think Bill had, we started with 14, and consistently we all blinded back to this this mash bill, this 80, 80 rye, 20 malted barley, and uh, it's phenomenal. And again, we I was waiting until I could have a 10-year to really get up in the Premium, yeah, of course, of course. And bottled and bond is certainly huge in the business right now. And huge, hundred proof, love it. Blah, blah, blah. And Bill, how, guys, how do people find this? Uh, For everybody who's listening around the world, and WoodyCreekDistillers.com. WoodyCreekDistillers.com. Yeah, 
You couldn't have picked a longer name? Can we have that meeting after this podcast? Yeah, that's the problem is that costs a shitload of money. Yeah, exactly. and you might, have to, like you might have to do another movie and get, use some of the proceeds towards a, a new URL. WoodyCreekDistillers.com. Right. That's, that's a easy. lot of fucking typing, I, Yeah, but it's easy to remember. Because it is easy to remember. Because guess what it is? It's Creek um, Distillers. And, and uh, anything else that we should know about? Any uh, uh, Back to lips. The any festivals? Point. The price point. Oh, it's the finest spirits you can buy in America, and the price point is very what is reasonable. What's suggested retail, roughly? So, for, for the core bucks, for yep. the course, for the bourbon, mm-hmm. uh, 54 for the rye, I believe. And what about public events where people can actually taste? Whiskey Fest this Thursday. Whiskey here, Fest is where? Here in New York. Can, uh, what is today? Tuesday? Let's see if we can bump this up to tomorrow so that this can go out for the people that want to go. And sh- you guys are going to be there? Yeah. You're going to be there, Bill? You bet. You can take some selfies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Men, thank you for being on. Thank, thank you, you brother. Have a nice day. Thank you so much.